Alana. Yes. We had some good muffins. Yeah, we, we had leftovers from uh, what we made yesterday. It was really good. It was. I wasn't sure how the recipe was going to turn out because yeah. I think the last time I made muffins was 2008. Really? Yes. Mm. But these came out tasting delicious. Oh, my goodness. So you had the idea for putting a Hershey kiss on top of each of the muffins, which I, I never thought of. Um, We were initially thinking of doing a half uh, chocolate chip and or like a... Uh, three, I think it was like two thirds chocolate chip and a third Hershey's Kisses, but that didn't turn out that way. So it turned out so good. I yeah. expected the Hershey's Kisses to melt over the top of the muffins. Me too. But the outside stayed strong. Mm -hmm. However, when you bit into it, it tasted like the inside did melt. Oh. It's kind of cool the way that happened. It was really good. When she took, when she um, got the Hershey Kiss off of the muffin, it was like, mmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was like another chocolatey world in there. I'm doing that again at some point. Well, wait a second. Yeah. No, didn't I? Did I make you muffins or cupcakes out of the sourdough recipe? Um. Out of my we, banana bread. Oh, we we had um we had cupcakes, but we did it okay. we did it at my place, but it was a, a like a sourdough banana bread cupcake. That's thing. right. Yeah, because I bought the cupcake liners. Remember, we also did the um. Uh, oh no, we did the, we did a version of garlic knots, but they weren't in the, the liners. Um, we did the banana bread cupcakes. Mm. Those were really, or the banana cupcakes. Uh, that was really good. It had like banana and chocolate and I think there was nuts in there. Yeah. We basically just adapted my sourdough recipe for uh sourdough banana bread and yeah. use it for cupcakes. It was good. It was. It was really good. Um, but these turned out really good. Um, I sent a picture to my mom last night, and she really liked it, the picture. Nice. Yeah. Did you give her a overview of the soundtrack? What? What we were listening to in the kitchen? No, I did not. Okay. No, I did not. Um, no. She she probably wouldn't recognize the group uh, Galactic or um, what was the other one? The Spinners. Uh, the Spinners. I'm sorry. She, she would know the Spinners, but yeah. I don't think she would know Galactic. Maybe you could turn her on to some cool music. Oh, Maybe. Yeah. I'm going to start doing that when I post pictures of what I make to social media. I'm going to start writing what I was listening to at, at the time because I it, it said kind of jokingly, but also but a little bit seriously. I, I do feel that music is the secret ingredient to your cooking, right? So, I you believe, know what I mean? I believe that. Yeah. Because it adds a, a feel to you when you're putting everything together. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, it depends on what you like. You know, sometimes people like to listen to um, a softer sound like Nora Jones or Seals and Crofts. And some people feel like, oh, I want to listen to some R&B. And um, I'll, I'll listen to like Sly and the Family Stone as I'm cooking whatever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it, it it's cool. And sometimes I just, you know, have the radio on and just cook like that. But we had an issue with the radio last night. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, we were trying to play um, KMHD, but I think it was on OPB instead, which is affiliated with um, KMHD. And when we came out after the first movie to make pasta salad, it wouldn't come on, but I thought I heard something from your bedroom. Miss A played it in here for some reason. Yeah, 
Um, oh, speaking of Miss A, uh, Rick was doing something that really annoyed me. <laughs> I was trying to make it so you no longer have fears in this life. That no. sounds like I'm a cult leader or something. No, no, no. yeah, it does. Um, no, no. What, what? So, so I, I was talking about the whisper mode that the dot, you can put the dot on a whisper mode if you whisper to it. And I noticed that it did that in my, um, it actually did whisper to me a couple days ago and it really freaked me out. And so he's been doing that like all day yesterday. He he whispered it. He whispered to it and told it to play one of the songs that I hated, and I had to stop it. <laughs> you know what I thought of, babe? Since I got up earlier than you this morning, what? I didn't do this, obviously, but I thought about saying, "Miss A, what time is it?" Because I knew that you had your earphones on. It's <laughs> so mean. No, Biggs, that's just me having a little bit of fun. That's mean. Oh. You know that would freak me out. <laughs> you know what else I thought about doing? What? Is waiting for you to go to the bathroom and putting on the Unsolved Mysteries theme song. <laughs> but then when you come out of the bathroom, say, Miss A, what song is this? And then she'll, like, whisper over the music of that creepy show. That is mean, Bubs. Oh. That would be terrible. I just like to have a little bit of fun now and then. Jay, whoa. jeez. Oh, well, I could see that it made you laugh quite a bit. It did. <laughs> <laughs> he loves my reaction. I do. I didn't run away from him, but I <laughs> it's just, it's, that's just mean. I just like to have fun, babes. That's all it is. Well, I, I will tell you this. There was one time where... Um, a friend of mine made a CD for another uh, one of our friends, and he put everything on the CD that she hated except for the last song. Oh, that's not cool. I know. <laughs> that's mean. That's yeah. meaner than what you did. I told him, I'm like, that is so mean. Why did you do that? He, he was just joking. In 2000, mm -hmm. I bought a CD burner. Now, this is obviously back when people were listening to CDs, because now that's not really that much of a thing. And people had computers where you could burn CDs, but this was one where you didn't need a computer to do it. Yeah, you actually had a burner. Yes. Yeah. And you could record songs off the radio. Cool. Take it to a tape deck that was specially made, hook yeah. it up to the CD burner, and burn it onto the CD. Nice. Uh, but the quality wasn't that good because yeah. it was still like off the radio and then off yeah, of the tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. But you know what I'm thinking of now, and I didn't even consider then? What? Is I could have done like a radio show, uh -huh. burned it for friends, and the, given it out to them. Huh. You know what I mean? Because I had so many different albums back then. Oh, yeah. And I could have recorded myself on a tape introducing the songs. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, and I didn't even consider it back in the day. Well, now you can, uh, that can be another project of yours. Yeah, nobody wants to hear that now, though. Really? How do you know? I don't think anybody. You're knows. you're just assuming stuff. Well, I kind of did that on Clubhouse, and it didn't really get that much of a response. I don't understand that. Me neither. I don't understand that. I think I think that would have been really cool. But you haven't even listened to any of my music shows on Clubhouse. And I up have there for not. Free. 
I have not. No, I have. I I would imagine that um, they are, but I have not done that. I want Jumbo Yoshi to have four bucks. Both. No, I love you, babes. Mm. I love you, babes. I do listen to a lot more rap music than you do. Yeah, I'm I'm not um, so deep into that as much as you are. You know what song I was thinking about the other day, babes? What? I, I can't remember the name of it right now because, of course, I can't. But it's the closing song off of the Doggy Style album. Mm. You know, it's the song I'm talking about, right? The dun, 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 um, dun, 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 I didn't dun, have dun, the album, dun, dun, so I have no idea. I, I It sounds familiar, but I don't know. What were you gonna? Where are you gonna put that? I just had that song in my head. It's like let your body uh, move to the group because we be the fucking G Funk family. Uh, it's, oh wait, I think I did hear that one before, but yeah. I don't. I, I think it might have played on the radio. I, think. I don't know if it played on did the it? radio. You can. It it sounds familiar, but I don't. I don't know. Was it? You can step out of the sun and see the moon and see Snoop Doggy Dog walk into the room with the G funky funk we funk. Follow I think, me. I think I heard that one. That's a really good song. I, I'm. I hope I didn't kill the lyrics too much. You probably did. Oh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good song. Uh, I love Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Right, and at the same time. I kind of wish we still had Snoop Dogg from the 90s. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I think it's cool now that he does kid shows and is accepted by mainstream America. Does he, does he do kid shows? I'm assuming he does. I never heard of him doing any kid shows. Okay, but you know what I mean. He's been accepted by the mainstream. Yeah. And I guess you could say in some respects he was back in the day, but he was more controversial. He was a bit of an outlaw. And part of me thinks that it's awesome that he's accepted by so many people. And then I also struggle with the fact that I like the outlaw Snoop. Well, don't you think that eventually that's what they all, you know, that's what's what happened if you, that's what happens to an artist if they get enough play? Yeah, that's what they say. If you live long enough, you change from, you watch yourself, you either die or you grow and you become the villain. And not not to say that Snoop Dogg is a villain, but he he used to not be so mainstream as he is now. How do you feel about Snoop? I could take him or leave him. What was your first exposure to Snoop Dogg? Um, I was probably 13. Um, there were um, a couple of guys that I used to hang out with, and one of them used to be my um, very first uh, boyfriend, mm-hmm. and they were really into Snoop, um, especially my, my friend's uh, boyfriend at the time. And... Um, I, I, I kind of got more exposed to it when I was when I was like in seventh grade. So were you so. guys just listening to radio songs or did you um, have the chronic? Some, some of them had, I think one of them had an album of his, but I wasn't really into his albums. I mean, I, I knew who he was because of what would be played on the radio, but I never got like really deep with his, um, with any of his albums, but my friends had some of his albums. Yeah. I don't remember hearing Snoop on the radio out here until maybe 98 or 90. Oh, wow. I heard it much earlier Mm. because the station that I would listen to was playing a lot of the, um, the, uh, current R and B stuff. Yeah. No, I, obviously he was on MTV before then. I, that, that really surprises me that, because I grew up in Hawaii, that surprises me that I heard it before you did. What's crazy is we did have Coolio on the radio yeah. in like 94. Oh, yeah. Or 95. Uh-huh. I remember hearing, because I, uh, 
obviously his big hit was Gangster's Paradise in 95. Yes. But before then, he had that song, Fantastic Voyage. Great song. And I think that came out in 94. And I remember hearing that on the and, radio. And, they, and, he, um, and I believe that he um, sampled it from The Whispers, I think. I think you're right. Yeah. I believe, babes, that I heard Outkast on the radio before Snoop Dogg. Really, I heard I heard I heard Outcast afterwards. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm saying I know that they came out after Snoop. Yeah, but Portland was weird with its radio stations back I, in the day. I'm really surprised because mm-hmm. I heard a lot of things before you did, and I was in Hawaii, and I don't know. I mean, they were able to play that, so I know. Also, for most of the 90s, we just had a station that did, like, top 40 stuff. So you'd hear some hip-hop on it, but it wasn't that much. It was It mixed. wasn't strictly hip-hop. Yeah. And we didn't get, like, a hip-hop slash R&B station until maybe April of 99. That's crazy to me. I know. I, are you sure yeah. that that's, that's true? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> no, I lived out here. And I was listening to the you didn't. Did you ever check the... I know, well, I know they probably didn't play it on the am dial they usually played it on fm so that's there were some college mix shows yeah and i'm sure that they played snoop and other stuff but i'm talking about mainstream radio Mm -hmm. commercial stations i didn't hear snoop on on commercial radio on here until probably like 99 well yeah huh interesting yeah i mean i knew who he was obviously yeah, because everybody knew who Snoop was. Yeah, that's that just surprises me that you, that I heard him before you did. So, this is gonna sound weird, but whatever you say does sound weird. Oh my goodness! <laughs> just kidding, not everything. <laughs> not everything. Your dad liked a lot of different music. Yes. What was his take on gangster rap? Um, I don't know because he listened to a lot of different things. I mean, he listened to Tone Loke. Yeah. He had a Tone Loke album, which surprised me, but I guess not really. I don't think it really surprised me, but he, he did listen to that. Um, he listened to other stuff too, like, you know, Peaches and Herb and the Stylistics, of course, that was one of his favorite bands. And, um, he just listened to like a plethora of different, uh, genres. I don't know that he got into gangster rap, but I know that. Tone look was something that he did listen to. But you never heard him listening to Snoop or Dre uh, or Ice Cube No, mm. no, 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 no. If he did, then he didn't have a tape to go along with it. So I don't know. So it might have been something that he listened to when y'all were away. I don't know that he did. Okay. He may not have liked it. Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, we weren't really too interested in that a lot. I mean, I guess we got... Um, my, my sister, my, one of my sisters used to be into the Wu-Tang Clan a little bit. Um, and then we were into the Fugees a little bit when we were teenagers. They got play out here on the radio. Yeah. When they first came out. Yeah, and we were really into Lauryn Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as Snoop and Dre, uh, I don't think we really got too deep into that. That was the kind of stuff that my friends liked listening to. Interesting. My guy friends did. Nice. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, and and you know they they did like um, they did like Easy E and um, um, I got into like I got into Michelle A when she was popular. Nice for a little bit. My dad had a Michelle A tape also. I, I remember you telling me that. Yep, he did. So um, I don't. But as far as gangster rap goes, I don't know that he liked it. Wow. 
Yeah, I couldn't tell you that. Are you ever going to ask him that? I know you guys rarely talk now. Um, no. Oh. No, I mean, whatever music he likes, I I always find out about it. Nice. He always um like if he has something on, um like a tape or something, he'll always tell me who the artist is, and I decide if I like it or not. Um, he's really into like some of the '80s stuff, like um, Pat Benatar, and he likes um Robert Plant and. Mm. Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. He likes a lot of stuff. That's good. Yeah, that's a that's a lot of uh, that's where I got um, most of my um, music taste from. I, yes. Like as I've said, yes, yes, not just him, but my parent, my mom, my aunt. I could not imagine your mom liking any rap. No, I don't think it's her thing. Unless it's like Lacroix. I don't think she even knows about Lacroix. To tell you the truth. Okay. To tell you the truth, I don't. I don't. I the only person I, I there's only one person I know that. That likes um, um, Lecrae, not Lecrae. It's Lecrae. Okay, sorry. Um, that likes Lecrae um, that I know, but I don't know that my mom would get into rap either. She's, yeah, she's she's a little too mellow for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would agree with that statement. She is. Yes. Um, what was I gonna say? Yeah, I I am so glad that I got a film education when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But I was so into movies mm-hmm. that it stunted my growth musically. That's why. You know. Yeah, because when I grew musically, you grew, um, uh, you grew to love a lot of films. And it's great because now I can pontificate about films, and I, I, I kind of know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But maybe there could have been more of a balance there. Yeah. And I could have listened to more music. My sister, mm-hmm. if you have a conversation with her about music, she knows a lot more than I do. Oh, yeah. We could probably talk for hours on music. Absolutely. Yeah. Even if it's about music that, that she may, may like and I don't or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. I Well, I remember one time when we had dinner and you brought up that ABBA song, Thank You for the Music. Yeah. She knew what it was immediately and I still don't yeah, know. Yeah, because I was, I was thinking about playing it for an open mic and that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Um. It was a little bit tough because I was playing it a cappella and um, that was hard. But thank you for the music is one of my favorite ABBA songs. Nice. Yes. Yes. I forgot that I mentioned that. You did. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the music. That's oh, you're song. welcome, babes. Bubs. What? What ABBA? What ABBA? I'm thinking ABBA for the music. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure they love you for that there, J-Wall. Yes. I've been reading more of the MTV book. I want my MTV. Okay. It's good. We've gotten to the point where they address the whole black artist thing. Oh yeah, and then you were explaining uh you were explaining to me about that situation. Now they kind of try to whitewash it and say that MTV wasn't racist, but they primarily played rock and new wave music in the early days. Therefore, that's why you didn't see black artists on it. But in the book, they also provide the opposite narrative where they talk to employees who said, you know, we tried to get them to play Billy Jean early on mm-hmm. and they were reluctant to do it. Mm-hmm. And I guess Michael Jackson wasn't the first black artist to have a music video on MTV. Herbie Hancock. I believe it's Herbie Han- Herbie Hancock, but he's hardly in the music video. He did have some cool songs, though. Cool stuff. I need to go deeper, but everything I've heard of his, I've really liked. Uh, I liked it, too. He, he, um, 
does a one song in the 80s that I can't remember the name of, and it sounds very, very techno, but it sounds really cool. I believe yeah. that he started off as a musician in one of Miles Davis's uh, bands. Yes. 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 Um, and everybody kind of knows this story, but CBS Records threatened to pull all, all of their artists off of MTV unless they started playing Billie Jean. And they didn't start playing it until it was already the number one song in the country. Wow. Yeah. It is a good song. It is a really good song. Yeah. That's my favorite Michael Jackson song. I, I like many, and uh, I like many of his stuff, but um, a lot of his things. But um, Billie Jean is uh, at the, at one of the my top favorites, for sure. Yeah. I'm not really that big of a fan. I respect what he did musically, though. Yeah, and I am. I am just because, and maybe I'm biased because my dad used to bring a lot of Michael Jackson stuff home, um, a lot of Jackson 5 tapes, and then one of my aunts had the Thriller album, mm -hmm. um, and I did, I think Billie Jean might even be on that album. It is. Yeah, um, and, and there's a lot of good songs for that album, and so I think maybe I'm biased because I grew up listening to him a lot, so... You also grew up in the era where he was like super popular too. Yes, and and he was born uh, the same year as my dad, so uh -oh. <laughs> so um, you know um, yeah. So I was I was uh, for sure um, inundated with a lot of Michael Jackson's music. Uh, you know what I just thought about, babes? What's that? You obviously don't have any vision. No. By the way, I look a lot like Denzel Washington. Wah, wah, wah. Well, nobody a, knows that unless they would actually look at look at me. So, yes, I don't. That I look like uh, Denzel Washington? No, that I can't see anything. Okay, but, and that's an old joke from when I used to do the uh, Blind Cafe. Yeah, which was, uh, a younger uh, Denzel. Back in the day. Yeah. But um, it's so crazy to me because, you know, the stereotype they have about blind people is they know a lot about music. But yeah, yet, it is a stereotype. But, but yeah, you were actually happened to be born into a family where your dad was super into music. For sure. Like, isn't that kind of interesting? It is interesting. Um, I think the stereotype, I don't know if this is a stereotype or not, but a lot of blind people are really into sound um, in general. Mm. I don't know. but And 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 yeah, there are a lot of blind people that are into music, but they don't have musical talent. That is very true. Isn't that true? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. But I was actually born into a family that, um, you know, I had some aunts and my mom also played. Did you get any bug spray? Oh, jeez. Bubs. <laughs> sorry. Stop that. I can't resist it. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, A-N-T-S. Um, I had a lot of ants and cockroaches. My uncle was a cockroach. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, um, yeah, my mom and my aunts played a little guitar. My dad said he played tuba in high school if he wasn't hiding sandwiches in his tuba. Nice. <laughs> my sister, one of my sisters tried alto sax. My other one tried uh, uke for a little bit, and she, she likes to sing sometimes. Mm -hmm. But I was the one that really delved deep into music and studied it, and... Um, I felt very blessed to come from a family like that. Yeah. That really appreciated music. Nice. Even if they didn't play instruments a, lo a lot, they were playing music around the house a lot. And I really enjoy I that's that's what really um matured me musically. Mm -hmm. And I really really love that about my family. Oh god. But it but you're right. I think it is in some ways a stereotype that all blind people like music or are musically talented. But not everybody is. It's not true. It's not true, no. Yeah, because you met 
you met a couple blind people that didn't really like music as much as you do. Is that right? Which I think is... Yeah, I've met a few. It's, it's rare, so weird but I have to me. met some. It's so weird to me. I don't get that. I mean, I just don't get not being into music in general, whether you're blind or sighted. I know. Because it is... It's... <sighs> one. I could put it to you like this. If I met an atheist... Mm-hmm. I can make a good argument for the existence of God just on the fact that music exists in this universe. Oh, I believe he, I be, you know, in the Bible it talks about um, singing uh, psalms and hymns mm. in uh, one of the scriptures. And psalms were actually songs. Um, so you can make an argument that there, and, and I think it is a good argument that there is mention of music uh, a lot in the Bible, especially in the 150th psalm. As I've read before. But you wouldn't necessarily even have to go to the Bible. Like, no. how do these sounds exist? How yeah. could that exist without some higher power? No, I think it's a gift. And I think it's a gift that needs to be treasured and cultivated. And that's why I'm so for um, uh, funding for fine arts programs. Yeah. Because it really teaches kids how to be disciplined and um, to uh, express themselves artistically, whether it's uh, something that they compose or a composer's work. I think uh, music is such a gift and I just cannot imagine anyone. I don't understand why anyone would not uh, be so passionate about music. It's super important. I know it is. And it's, in ways that we don't really understand. I think. It's a soundtrack to our lives, mm-hmm. really. Because every time I hear a certain song from the 90s, I either it either reminds me of... Um, the, what I was doing that day, um, when I listened to that song or some type of school thing or a boy or, <laughs> oh. you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it just, it just brings back really good memories sometimes when I listen to a, a song and you know what I mean? Something I've thought about, babes, mm-hmm. if we believe that the human race will last beyond our lifetime. I wonder what, in 200 years, what their version of the guitar will be. You know what I mean? Like, what new instruments will people create that will just become part of the landscape of generations that we're going to miss? Well, you also have to think into account, take into account that there are other instruments, like in other countries, like Africa. exactly. Because they have, like, versions of stringed instruments and things like that that we're not... Uh, we're not too um, aware of mm-hmm. unless we've actually been there or um, did a lot of research. Yeah. Like I, I think musicology is uh, ethnomusicology is fascinating. Mm. Yeah. Cause I've taken class on um, a little bit of um, ethnomusicology and the music of certain regions in the world, like parts of Africa, um, South Africa, West Africa, East Africa, North Africa. Tell me a little bit about the music of North Africa. North Africa, well, you you hear uh, more Islamic um, influenced music because it was a, it's a very um, Islamic part of Africa. Yeah. that's where Egypt is. Um, South Africa sounds kind of poppy and jazzy. Um. East Africa, I'm trying to think about East and West Africa. I I can't really remember what they sounded like. Mm. I think a lot of their instruments had like shakers and um, 
kind of exotic sounding things. I have to I have to get back to you on East and West Africa. Yeah. And then you have um I wanted to do some traditional uh research on t- traditional Philippine music. And um there's a, a type of music called the um kulintang and it's like um it's like a very percussive. And then there's another there's another type of music called a rondalia, which is more like a dance music, and it's mm. uh, played in three, four. In some ways, it kind of reminds me of mariachi music, except without the, the, uh, the brass. Yeah, I think mariachi music is beautiful. I do. It is. It takes a little while, or at least it did for me to get into. But I actually uh, was not best friends, but I was friends with somebody who played in a mariachi band for a while. And he said he was nice though, right? He's a super nice guy. We still know each other on Facebook. But it's, so it's not like we have a beef or anything. We just, uh, you know, don't see each other anymore, really. Did he sing or did he play an instrument? He played guitar. Yeah, I, I love that music. It's beautiful. Um, but um, but the rondalia is used, I think it's supposed to be uh, dance music. And it's played in uh, three, four. Mm. Beautiful stuff. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Let's take the Beatles out of this because I was going to say who's the Beatles of Africa and then I realized there's only one Beatles. I know. <laughs> but let's just say, and I know that there's this tend of, maybe you could call it colonialism of our music here mm-hmm. become successful around the world. So it's, it's, this might be a little bit difficult, but who's the... African version of Snoop Dogg. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Because I don't know enough about African music to really make that um to to really make that or to really describe somebody like that. I I can't tell you. Well, uh, let me rephrase the question. Who are some popular artists from that region of the world that don't really get a lot of attention here? I'm you know, I don't remember, mm. to tell you the truth. I mean, I was busy taking notes on what I noticed about um, the uh, instrumentation about the music and what makes it uh, so unique from other African styles of music. So I, 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 I couldn't tell you any artists. We should research that a little bit and yeah, expand our musical stuff. tape. I would like to know who were the big artists in Africa in like the 1980s or 70s? Well, what we could do is we could play like some African music um, later on and see, um, you know, like West African and East African. Yeah. South African music sounds pretty cool. Um, it's been, it's been though, a few years since I've listened to it for um, note taking purposes and for, um, for uh, academic purposes too. But it was, um, it was interesting to, to do and um we i had i knew somebody from uh, was it east or west africa i'm trying to remember he was from africa he was a um a student that i i think he was getting his masters and he took some of our um our music classes and he was explaining to us the music that's from his region of africa nice yeah i remember once babes yeah this was in the early 90s my mom was working for, because, you know, she used to do hospice care. Yeah. And she had a client, and the client's son was kind of attracted to my mom. Oh. And so 
he had said something to her about, I'd love to take a trip to Africa with you sometime. <laughs> this got back to my sister and my sister told me the story. And I'm, I don't know, I'm like 10 years old at the time. And she's like, I don't want to go to Africa. There's like tons of diseases there. <laughs> Crazy people. <laughs> That's what she said. Yeah. And, but meanwhile, Af- Africa is such a huge place. That there's a lot of variation there. You know, because it is a continent. So you have, I don't know, like 60 different countries. Yeah, like I I met some um, people from Ethiopia yeah. and Kenya. And they have music from different regions. And each region has different food. And um, <laughs> it's funny what your sister's called. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I, she appreciates me saying that now. Uh, when it comes off I, as racist, when it was really she was a kid, and this was the nineties. I can understand why she would feel that way, yeah. because there is a lot of diseases there too, mm-hmm. and they have a different way of, um, you know, um, sanitation is different, and and human trafficking is. I mean, it's a thing here, but I think it's more of an issue there. Oh yeah, there's some human trafficking in like South Africa, and especially in places like Sudan. Yeah. A lot of human trafficking, um, especially for uh, women and children. I mean, it's it's terrible. Yes. Terrible. Yes. Um, but anyway, um, we also explored the, um, you know, Asian countries like Thailand and Vietnamese music. And um, did we do Cambodian? I can't remember. We, we, we studied music in Southeast Asia. It's really interesting stuff. I'd love to hear some Asian jazz. I don't know if there is one. Or like Asian punk rock music. Um, I told you before that when I was in college, I took um, gamelan classes. Yeah. And gamelan is... Um, ga- a gamelan is, a, is an ensemble of instruments from... Are you laughing at me? No, I'm not. Okay. Is an ensemble of instruments from Malaysia. And um, I used to play um javanese gamelan and that i'm uh, not malaysia india indonesia i'm sorry mm-hmm. i used to play javanese gamelan and it's um it's basically a slow type of uh, gamelan that's very mellow but and it's used um it had like um religious um influences in that music and um that's what i was studying and then they also have like balinese gamelan which is a lot faster nice and, livelier and stuff and it was a really fun class and we would watch videos on um some things like uh gamelan music and they had these um in indonesia they had these things called um wayang uh puppetry it's like these uh puppets that were made with um plastic and they would have these like puppet shows and they would go on for a long time. Oh, wow. It was like their source of infor- and one of their sources of entertainment. And they play music behind it or would it just be like a, a play? I think they would play music behind it. It's been a That's while since I watched something. But we would um after we would we would practice for like an hour um in class and we would go and watch a video um that was based on Gamelan music. It's kind of cool. That's cool. Yeah. I moved to Denver in yeah. 2006. And you know that I love Indian food. Oh, and as do I. Yeah, yes. and we've already discussed one of my best friends is from Kerala, yeah. which is um, like a state in India. Yeah. And so we would go out to these Indian restaurants. Yep. And I remember one night, it's like December 2006, and it's just me and him. 
and we're listening to this music in this Indian restaurant, and I'm vibing with it. I'm I'm yeah. like ready to get it dancing. Yeah, it's like, oh Rick, this music is old. Nobody likes this anymore. <laughs> like I do. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Um. There's a um. So I was taking a music class. I think it was either a music class online mm-hmm. uh, or in person. I forgot what it was. But there's a composer named Lou Harrison, and he does things like. He wrote. He writes pieces for like trumpet and gamelan. Oh wow! That was cool. Um, I was taking an. I think I was taking an online music class, and I was um writing a report on it. And some people have actually tuned pianos um in tune with gamelan. That's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. I, that's what I played in college, and I thought that was such a cool experience. They got to be like super big, the gamelan. Yes, they are. Um, there, there are, uh, they consist of gongs, these big gongs yeah. and pot gongs and drums and metallic instruments that you hit with, uh, these, uh, these mallets and they kind of look like, um, they kind of uh, remind you of xylophones. Okay. Um, yeah, because you have to, um, when we had to, uh, bring them down to the, uh, wherever we were doing our concert and, uh, we had like more than one person try to um get them downstairs and then oh so you it, you couldn't have like because uh, i'm thinking to myself it, like have a, a rock band now but instead of having a drummer you have like a gamelan player well you can't have you have to have more than one person playing the instrument interesting because it's an ensemble yeah, yeah as i said um yeah so i don't know how uh lou harrison did it yeah but I forgot, and I and I can't remember what um, we could even look it up, him up to you later. Yeah, I can't remember um, if it was talking about. It didn't actually say like how many gam- people were playing the gamelan, but uh, in that piece. But he wrote uh, a piece for trumpet and gamelan. I mm. believe it was so cool. It was so different too. Yeah. It's too bad that these days you really don't have studio bands, you know, meaning like ensembles of musicians that can just make a living off of recording albums. Because it would be cool to have like an album where you have like somebody playing a gamelan or I guess two people, two or three people and somebody on the acoustic guitar and another person on keyboard. Well, you never know. There might be. There might be, but you know. Are you talking about like bands like um, Booker T and the MGs? I know that that's a different style, but. Well, I'm thinking of things like, you know how the Beatles didn't tour for like the last three or four years they were a band? Oh, I didn't know And they just made a living off of their studio recordings? I didn't know that. Yeah, you can really have that today because nobody buys albums anymore. How do you know nobody buys albums? You know what I mean, babes. They don't sell as well as they used to. I don't know. I'm you. Do you think that albums are selling as well as they did back in the nineties? I don't know. You have to take into account um how many people downloaded albums too. Exactly. That's. But what I'm I don't saying. know. I don't know. But uh, you know, with streaming, artists really get ripped off. I think they make like twenty dollars for like every million really song stream. Yeah, for every so if you have a song that gets like a million streams, hmm. I think you get paid like twenty bucks for that only. I think it's something like that. Yeah. They really get screwed. That's insane. I know. How does that work? Well, it works because the record labels are, they own part of uh, different services like Spotify. And so they screw the artists over. 
Yeah, but do you know that for sure, though? Do you? I don't know. Uh, that's I don't, what I've heard. That's what I've read. Babes. I don't know that for sure, but oh my goodness, I'm sure all the artists are making. I'm just saying, but I don't know. All right, can we kiss? Don't assume stuff. Okay. You know what happens when you assume stuff? I'm usually cool. No. Give me a kiss. Mm. Mm. Oh my goodness. Oh my badness. <laughs> that's your little ghoul laugh. What? That's your little girl laugh. I never laughed like that. Oh, my goodness. They were playing some cool songs on KMHD last night. Once we finally got it I know. playing when they we were, were making the salad. They were. It was really good. Yeah. Yeah. The, and the, the guy that was um, hosting the show was good, too. Yeah. Yeah. I like KMHD. I don't know why I don't listen to it more. Probably because I don't listen to the radio that often. Oh, it's so good. There's there's not a, there's um, only like... Um, um, you know, they'll just say this is KMHD, blah blah blah, and there's no commercial interruptions, yep. and it's. I I would listen to that like on the way home, and I'm like, this is this is the jazz that I like. I don't like that smooth jazz stuff. No, yeah. and they occasionally now, they'll play a little bit of that. No, I'll listen. I'll listen to a smooth jazz artist just to try it out because I um someone was tell, telling me about a couple of them, but mm -hmm. I'm not a smooth jazz person. It just sounds like elevator music to me it does it sounds like music that you would hear in the lobby of a hotel yeah it's like kenny g stuff i don't mind i mean i like kenny g but that's as far as i've gone i don't i don't like like it just sounds too poppy yes it sounds like something that would be played in like um um i don't know like a doctor's office or yes. <laughs> yeah yes 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 we gotta start listening to more global stations Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure there's, like, I mean, Australia has some really good um, artists, you mm -hmm. know. They, they always seem to come out with um, really good stuff. Um, uh, did I talk about the, did we talk about the passing of Olivia Newton-John here? I think we mentioned it. Okay. Because my uncle knew somebody oh, that's, yeah. who was with her. That's right, okay. Um, but, yeah, a lot of um, people, a lot of artists uh, come from Australia. Um, they have some good stuff, and and also um, England too. Yeah, but I'd like to check out some stations from Africa, or you know, Italy, Italy, yeah. places like that. I heard some real like old Italian stuff, mm -hmm. and it sounded it sounded very different. I bet because that's when they saw the castrados, right? No, it wasn't the castrados. Oh. It was um, uh, I couldn't I. I wish I had my notes with me, but um, it's interesting stuff. Like, they would sing, like, acapella stuff, nice. but it would sound different. Nice, nice. And then uh, we were learning about um, music from uh, Tibet. Like, they, um, there's Tuvan throat singing, and then there's also something called monkey chant. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've heard of the throat singing. I'm not sure about monkey chant. Yeah. It's it's different. Um, uh. Tuvan, I did it. I went to a Tuvan throat singing workshop for one of my classes um, in college, and it was really interesting because the guy that was um, giving the workshop was workshop was a, a Mexican guy from Portland. Nice. And I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing he's been to uh, Tibet for for a while, or or he has heard, or he studied it, or something. But um, I would hope so. But my my teacher was saying that. Um, 
Cuban throat singers would do songs when they would sing songs. They would sing about um, cattle. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's so interesting. Could you hold this for a second? I gotta blow my nose. Oh. If you heard something, it was me taking the tissue out of my pocket. Oh, don't cover it like that, babe. Oh. Like this. Hold it like this. Okay. I'm gonna blow my nose. Okay. If you don't mind. No, go ahead. Yuck. Yuck. Oh, yeah. You gotta throw it away. No, but putting it back in my pocket. Yeah, why? Well, what if I need to blow my nose again? I have paper towels. I also have toilet paper. Oh, it's <laughs> in my pocket, babe. I have tissue. Okay, well, it's in my pocket, babe. Oh, well, I'm not, like, rubbing it on your face or oh, I hope putting not. it on your bed or anything. Ew. Then I'd be like, get out! Oh, my goodness. Why, yeah. You won't! <laughs> Yes, I gave my sister and you a used tissue once. Ew, you did? Yeah, to wipe her eyes with. Oh, you did? You did you well, tell her? Not on purpose. She figured it out. <laughs> it wasn't on purpose though. Oh. We were at my mom's funeral, and I was like the only one there who wasn't crying. Oh. Which is weird because I'll cry at like a drop of a hat. You know this about me. No, actually, I don't. Oh, okay. I I I haven't been witness to it, but I believe you. I cry a lot. Oh, really? Yes, but for some reason, I wasn't crying that day. My sister was. And I go to get her a paper, uh, uh, you know, like a paper towel. And the only one I had was one that I blew my nose with. She's like, did you use this before? And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's the only one I had on me. And then I'm like, yeah, now what's, look what's going to happen. You're going to get an infection in your eyes and die. And just like mom. And we both started laughing. But we had to stop because everybody else was singing like some, you know, song to my mom. That is so funny. I know. <laughs> of course, me and my sister would be the only two people laughing at <laughs> and then you, and she starts crying again. Yeah, then she starts crying. Again. <laughs> okay, that is pretty funny. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I got a question for you, babes. What that is about crying? No, it's it, let's go back to music for a quick second. Okay. I don't know if you know the answer to this, but. Okay. How much does a harp cost? And not like the one that you um, blow in. I mean, like the one that they, you know. Blowing? Well, some people call the harmonica a harp. It's a, it's probably like a, a, a mouth harp or something. Right. But you know the type of harp I'm talking about. Um, A harmonica is different from I, a... I know, but I'm telling you that they, some people call it a harp. I'm talking about the one that you hold and that you play like you know with your oh hands. the one that you that that can lean you can lean it against your shoulder. Exactly. Um, I don't know how much it costs because I borrowed one. I would imagine it's expensive. Like over a thousand. Uh, probably more expensive than the flute that I have. Oh, ooh. I'm guessing because it's a bigger instrument. Wow. Um, I borrowed somebody's harp for the two harp lessons I took. I think two or three, <laughs> which I I took from this lady um, that had very short fingers. Yeah. Um. By the way, shout out to my former harp teacher. Um. We I don't think she's you. listening to this. Um. I'm not mentioning her name. No. But she had short fingers, and I always wondered how she, uh, how she reached all uh, the way. Would you stop bourbon? Oh, at least burp with your mouth closed. Oh my goodness, keep going, babes. The little whoosh. Um, <clears throat> you know how um, I I always wondered how she was able to reach that far because the strings, some of the strings are far apart. Obviously, if yeah. you're if you're playing an octave, um, 
I don't know how much it costs, to, to be honest with you. I think it would be cool to play the harp. It is, I would imagine. Um, but, uh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Well, babes. Yes? We made dinner last night after the muffins. We did. We had um, our uh, sandwiches, and they turned out really good. They did. Yeah. I couldn't finish my second one, so I'm saving it for tomorrow. I think that's a good plan. Yeah, but because yeah. I was already kind of full by the um, when I was done with the first one, because that was really good. It was. So were the chips that went along with it. Oh, yeah, there's still a little bit more. I'm surprised you didn't send your mom a picture of the sandwiches. I didn't even think about that, actually. Oh. I, I totally forgot about it. I was so um, happy with how the muffins came out that I just wanted to send her the muffin picture. I have some good pictures of the um, chicken tiki masala we made a couple weeks ago. Oh. Yeah. Yum. That was such a good recipe. I know. I made it again this week. Did I tell you that? Uh, no, but I'm not surprised that you didn't. I did it in, did. in my Instant Pot. Instant Pot. Really? Yeah. How'd it turn out? Turned out really good. Really? Oh, yeah. And you made the rice in there, too? No, I made the rice separately. Okay. And then, you know, just combined everything. Oh, so good. Uh, yeah, it was good stuff. It was so good. I mean, when we made it, the the when the chicken came out of my skillet, it was, like, really um, nicely spiced, and it was moist, and it was it was really good. I'd like to do it with lamb sometime. Mm, well, oh. you can eat lamb, and I, oh my I don't like lamb. <laughs> I think lamb's good once in a while. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's not my everyday go-to, but it's good. There's only, um, I I had lamb that was made by this couple. Yeah, you, told, you, you talk, talked about that here. I know, but I'm just saying, I'm, oh. it, it bears repeating. Okay. They they make really good lamb and it doesn't taste gamey, but I'm not, real, I'm not a lamb person, to be honest. I believe, babes, that I can make you lamb that you would really like. Mm, I don't know, bubs. The way that they made lamb for me was... I, I I made uh, up my mind that that was the only way I was going to eat lamb. Remember when you first moved in here? Yeah. You had gotten some top ramen, and I said we can make this taste really good. Mm -hmm. And we made, and what did we do? We made it taste really good. True. We made them into um, uh, a noodle dish. Yeah, like we chopped up a lot of veggies. We put in some spices. I believe we had the garlic in it. I don't know, Bubs. I'm a I'm a difficult one to a winnow. Well, not maybe not difficult, but I'm a I'm a very uh, cautious uh, person when it comes to lamb because the first time I tried it, I just it wasn't good. I hear what you're saying, but I would also say too, in my defense, the second time you came to my place, I told you I was making mushroom burgers, and you didn't seem that excited about it. Well, I wasn't sure about. You know, how are you going to make this taste like a burger when I when I know what a real burger tastes like? Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that it tasted like a real burger, but I think it tasted good. It tasted close. Yeah. It wasn't, I knew I knew it wasn't a burger, but it was really good. Yeah. I did like those. Yeah. What did you put in them to make them have that texture? Well, so first of all, what I did is I marinated it in cumin and a little bit of liquid smoke. Mm. Because that to me that kind of has like a a, a meaty flavor, mm. um, and then I cooked it on the grill. Mm -hmm. If I remember right, in the center of it, mm -hmm. I put in cheese, so the cheese kind of like melted inside of it with some oh, pesto. That was good. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, speaking of pesto, 
what made the sandwiches good too was also the pesto in there too. The, yeah. the pesto, the hummus, everything was good, but the, the pesto gave it a really good flavor. We got to make some pesto, uh, babes, sometime soon. Is your pesto the besto? I think in the West, yo. <laughs> in the West, yo. 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 Oh my goodness. Yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. Babe. Yeah. We watched two films by Christopher Nolan last night. Yes, and both of them kind of left us thinking, wow. So I thought the first one was really good. It was very good, but we still had some questions afterwards. And I really liked a lot of stuff about the second movie. Yeah. But there's things about the second movie that I absolutely hated. But there's other things about it that I loved. So I don't know what I think of the second movie, to be honest. I don't know either. Um, it's a kind of left me with a question mark, too. So the first film we watched was Memento. And then yes. we followed it up after making taking the short break to put together the pasta salad. We watched Interstellar. Yes. Do you want me to talk about Memento a little bit? I can talk about that. Okay, and you don't I'm, have to. You, I'm not gonna give. I'm not gonna give an entire analysis because there's so much stuff in the movie, and it might not even make sense to give an entire analysis yeah. because of the way they play with time. Yeah, because so so basically, it's about this guy who is trying to figure out um, things about his wife's uh, murder, and there's a couple of segments in the movie where you see. Um, you see it in color and it's going back in time chronologically before it led up to, um, and he ends up killing this guy in the beginning of the movie. It's a, 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 a crooked cop, or at least we didn't think he was crooked. Yeah. But that is the end of the story. Yeah. It's the start of the film. And then when you see the black and white segments, it's going, time is going forward mm -hmm. and it's going in chronologically, chronologically forward. So, um, which I would imagine it probably looks really, really cool when you're looking at the, you're looking at the time. It did. Yeah. And, um, there's a lot of manipulation. There's a lot of guessing like, hmm, is this guy crazy? Is he not crazy? And then there's this other guy named, um, Sammy Jenkins who keeps coming up. And I'm not going to say any more about that because it's going to give it away. That's fair. Yeah. Also at the end of this movie, we watched like two or three different videos analyzing the film. It was two. It was two. And they kind of both gave a different answers on what was real and what wasn't. Yeah. Actually, the second one we watched was sort of like a joking. It was sort of joking about the movie. And no, like, but then we watched one after that. Yeah. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. yeah. So we, we kind of had, we still had some questions even after. I think it's I one of those movies, babes, where you're not supposed to understand it completely. Like... What was the, the, the cop's name who he killed? Terry? Um, Teddy. Teddy. Teddy, yeah. At one point, Teddy tells him, you tell that story about Sammy Jenkins, but that's really you. Mm -hmm. And you just keep embellishing the story. You killed your wife. It wasn't anybody else. But yeah. he also says that we got the guy who killed your wife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so it's kind of interesting because in some ways, if you're watching the movie, you keep thinking, wait, am I, am I crazy? Yeah. <laughs> Am I being gaslighted here? Yeah. <laughs> because, wait, I thought that, that he found the person who killed his wife, and then you've got this 
manipulation from the the lady in the the story named Natalie. And I and think that's um, what's her name from the Matrix? Carrie Ann Moss. Yeah. Carrie Ann Moss was the one who played Natalie. Yep. And she, you know, she Trinity. Trinity. Yeah. I, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. Or whatever. Um. Any. No, 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 no. You thought the girl... Um, I did, but then I looked on Wikipedia after we went to bed, and I think Carrie Ann Moss is in Memento. Let, let me ask him to say, Alexa, is Carrie Ann Moss in the movie Memento? Yeah, she was... Um... She so she did play Trinity. Yeah, yes, yeah, he did. But but I thought you thought I thought you, I did, I did. No no no, you didn't you didn't even listen to what I was saying. The girl who played um, Amelia Brand in the in the next movie. I know because I knew what you were about to say, and I did think that was her. Okay, not her. No. Okay. Anyway, um, but I was thinking, wait, am I crazy, or is Natalie also the? Could Natalie have possibly been, um, guilty of something? Mm -hmm. Natalie uh, being Carrie Moss. Yes. Because she was also manipulating um, uh, uh, Leonard Shelby, who is the um, who is played by Guy Pierce, the the um, antagonist. I love that scene yeah. Yeah. where she's yelling at him, and he doesn't have a pen, and she's like, "I I could call your life wife a cunt, and you're never gonna remember this. I could be the one who killed her." And then she leaves. He's looking for the pen. She goes into her car, comes back in, and says that her boyfriend, or this guy named Jimmy, just hit her. I just love the way that she manipulates this guy in the movie. Me, not so much. So, I don't love it in, like, she's getting one over on somebody with a mental disability. But I love it because it felt like something somebody would do. Really? If, if that makes any sense. No, it doesn't. Okay. What, what What do you mean by that? I could see somebody taking advantage of this guy in that way. That's why I didn't like it because she was totally taking advantage of the situation. Because when she when he would say Natalie and she would say you don't remember me. Yeah. Right. Yep. She manipulated him too. There's in a, that area. There's a scene where he goes to a bar to meet Natalie. She spits in his <laughs> drink, goes away for a minute. Comes back with the same cup, puts it down, and says it's on the house. And then, and then the guy was laughing because he starts drinking it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy was, and the, and the guy was kind of giggling because he saw all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This film does a great job of playing with reality because you're right. You don't know if you like just miss something. Yeah. Or if you're having an off day and are having trouble putting it yeah. all together. And it, and it isn't that the um. It isn't just that Leonard Shelby is wondering. Wait a minute, am I crazy? Why is this guy? Why is this guy um, uh, chasing me? Because mm -hmm. obviously he knows me. He's not only being gaslighted, but you feel like you're being gaslighted. You are, you are yeah. as the audience member. You are. You do feel like you're being gaslighted. And I think it's meant to be that way. Yeah. So it's really it's it's um it's a maddening type of a story. This is a hard film to talk about because there's so many different pieces out there. Yes, it is. But um, go ahead and see it. It's a, it's definitely a mind bender. I'd give it a strong eight and maybe even oh. a nine. I'd have to rewatch it. I think I'd give it a, I, I would give it an eight for sure. Would you recommend it to your family? If so, what's the elevator pitch? I don't have one. You don't have a family? <laughs> I don't have an elevator pitch. Okay. 
No, I don't have to have an elevator pitch, bubs. Okay. I just think that it's um, it's definitely a a brain teaser, a mind bender, whatever you want to call it, um, because it will twist your brain into all different kinds of directions that you don't even know. Yep. What is real? <laughs> what isn't real? You'll definitely feel gaslighted. Will you recommend it to them, or could you see yourself uh, doing? Yes, it? I, I, yeah. Nice. <clears throat> nice. It's nice. A, it's definitely a psychological thriller. Yeah, that's for sure. I think in one of the videos we were watching, somebody said that they watched it something like a bunch of times. Am I wrong no, about no, that? No, no, no. She was saying that um, this is an explanation of the movie, even though you probably may have watched it so many times. Okay. And you still don't get it. Yeah. You know. You know what I mean. Nice. That's nice. what she was. Um, that's what the girl was um, trying to. Um, trying to harp on. There we go, there, J Wall. Yeah, and she tried. And she did a really good job of trying to explain it, even though it's like, hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So after our break, we come back, and we watch a movie that the more I think about it, it kind of reminds me of DS Nine, called Interstellar. Um, Interstellar. You're right. Yeah, I I can imagine that it would. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Not a hundred percent, but there are things about it to where I'm like, this kind of has a DS9 feel to me. In some ways, yeah. Yeah. Because like how they're they're traveling to another planet, trying to find another inhabitable planet. Let me see if I can wrap this movie up. Yeah. Knowing that I'm gonna miss some stuff. Oh yeah. In it's like okay. a minute. You don't have to wrap everything up. Okay. It's a lot. And and I, I was kind of tired in that one. So Matthew McConaughey stars. And he is a ex-scientist who lives, I guess, in the distant future, but it's kind of like apocalyptic because things are starting to really break down on the planet mm -hmm. and science is no longer respected. Mm -hmm. No way we could ever have that in our society. Yeah, like the moon landings are questioned and all that. Yeah. And meanwhile, now we do live in a society where people question that stuff. I'm not, I, I have mixed feelings about the moon landing, but that's a whole another story. Yeah, that is. Yeah. He has a daughter who they call Murph. Yeah. And a son. Tom. Tom. Yeah, his, his last name is Cooper. I don't know what his first name is. I can't remember what his first name is. They might not have even said it. In he, the they call him, they call him Cooper, but that's his, his last name. Yeah. And the wife died from cancer a couple years ago. Yep. Their father, played by John Lifkow, her father, moved in with them. Yeah. So science isn't respected. He's into it. His daughter is into it. But she's like 10 at the time. She's 10, yeah. And she thinks that there's a ghost in her bedroom. Yep. Because all this weird stuff starts happening. And it's very dusty in there. Yeah. And at one point... The dust forms something that kind of looks like a map. Mm -hmm. She's suspended from school because of bringing in a book that said the moon landing was real. And because of her dad's response. And it was funny. I love that scene when she's like, how did it go? And then, you know, because he went in there for a parent-teacher conference. And he's like, well, I just got you suspended. And she's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> That's so kind of funny. They put together these coordinates, go out, and find that there's people there. Basically what happens is NASA is kind of like this off-the-books operation now. Sorry, mm -hmm. you're, you're squeezing my shoulder. I'm and sorry. I, oh, no, I know you weren't intending to. I'm sorry. That's okay. Michael Caine plays a scientist named... Uh, Dr. Brand. I don't know what his first name is, but his name is Dr. Brand. And his daughter? 
Amelia. Amelia, who I thought was Trinity. Yeah. Yes. And everybody knows that things are going haywire on the earth. Yep. But Dr. Brand and Amelia, along with some other people, explained to Cooper that there is a wormhole that's appeared outside of Saturn. Mm -hmm. They don't know how it got there, but on the other side of it, they believe that there's like 12 planets that have life on it. Mm -hmm. So they say, you know, we really need you to fly a mission into the wormhole to investigate some of these worlds. We've sent some people out there, but we need another crew. Mm -hmm. He agrees to do it under the idea that it could possibly save humanity. And that Dr. Brand has a plan to get people off the planet in mass numbers mm -hmm. if they find a suitable planet. Yep. Okay. The son doesn't want him to go, but he understands it. The the Murph really doesn't want him Murph to go. Murph has a huge issue with he him. He has a really hard, hard time with it. And rightfully so. In one point, he says, I got a message from the ghost saying, stay. Yep. Which is interesting, but that'll come up later. It, it will, yeah. He leaves, goes to Saturn, takes about two years. They travel through the wormhole, him and his crew, and they're deciding about different planets to go to. There's a, a planet where time is different. So if you're there for an hour, mm -hmm. it's like being gone for seven years in Earth years. Right. Right. Somebody had landed there, one of the first expedition teams, but they mm -hmm. they think they're going to rescue a lady from the team, but it turns out that she died yep. probably minutes before they got there. Right. Your girl. Amelia. Amelia. She's trying to get um, her records. Exactly. But because of the delay she causes, they get stuck on the planet. And, and, their, and their ship gets flooded. Exactly. And that's what causes them being stuck. Yep. By the time they get back to their main ship, it's been 23 years. There was a great yep. scene in this movie. Yeah. This is why this movie is so complicated. I hate a lot of it, yeah. but I love a lot of it too. Okay. There's a great scene where Matthew McConaughey sits down after they get back to the main spaceship and starts watching these messages. From Tom. From Tom, his son, and he sees that he's a grandfather. Yep. And there's a... a and he's just bawling his eyes out. Yep. And Tom says at one point, they say that I have to let you go. And so this is me letting you go. Yeah. And you see one message from Murph. She says, you said that you might come, by the time you come back, I might be your age. Well, now I'm your age and you're still not back. Yeah. Man, this movie is worth watching for that scene alone. Yeah. That scene is so well done. Right. Okay. Because they've been gone so long, they can really only go to one other planet. And there's some d debate where to go. They settle on a place... Save a scientist who is in suspended animation, played by Matt Damon, mm -hmm. who's really good in this movie. He's, um, I think his name is Dr. Man, I think. I think his character is a little bit one-dimensional because of the yeah. writing, but he as an actor shows up. Yeah, and he, um, he was more um, focused on completing the mission. Exactly. Not um, about everybody on Earth. He lies to them. Yep. And says, you know, we can make this place work. It's going to be hard, but I think we can do it. Mm -hmm. While this is going on, Dr. Brand gets a message from Earth from your girl Murph, basically saying that her father had passed away. Now, on his deathbed, yeah. Murph had been working with him. He admitted to lying and that there was no way all of these people could escape Earth. Yeah. 
this comes out when they're on hanging out with Matt Damon mm-hmm. and everybody's upset. Matthew McConaughey says, I'm going back to Earth, but I'm sending our robot out to do some. Uh, yeah. And the robot's researchers. name is Tars, who um I don't know who plays him, but he's really good. Good voice actor. Yeah. Good voice actor, yeah. Okay. Matt Damon and Matthew McConaughey go to get some supplies. Then it comes out that Matt Damon is lying. He tries to kill Matthew McConaughey. They defeat him. Somebody else from their crew dies. They go towards a wormhole. But he sends... What's her name again? Amelia. Amelia to this this one planet so that he can escape into the wormhole. I thought she goes back to Earth. No, she doesn't. That's what I thought too. Oh, okay. But we keep watching it, and she obviously doesn't because he is the one who goes into the wormhole. Yeah. Okay. And he gets stuck in this weird time thing. Yeah. And can see into Murph's bedroom, both when she's a little kid and now that when society when adult. is falling apart. Yeah. And he realizes that he can send her messages. Mm-hmm. He communicates with the computer and puts it together that there was never a ghost in her room. He was the ghost sending yep. messages from the future. Yep. And he realizes maybe I can say it. first he tries to get Murph to stop him from going. Yeah. So he sends back the message, stay. Mm-hmm. And you see him watching himself and Murph talking and Murph trying to get him to stay and him saying, no, Murph, don't let me go. Mm-hmm. Don't. Oh, my God. That was. Yeah, I know. That was tough. That was great, though. Yeah. Tough. Cause you, cause you really, you could really feel for the guy. Like, don't, don't tell me to, don't make me go. Yeah. Yeah. But then he realizes, okay, I can't stop her. I can't get her to make me stop going because I tried that, but I might be able to get her to save the planet. So he sends back some data and his theory is that aliens didn't create the wormhole. People did. Mm-hmm. And that what happened is somehow people evolved to be out of time after generations of generations. And they eventually created the wormhole so he would connect with Murph and give her the data to help people ex- escape Earth and grow. Which mm-hmm. is a sci-fi concept, but it's really well done here. Huh. Yeah. He wakes up. He's on a space station. Murph is now really old, but he goes to see her. She's on her deathbed. And, mm-hmm. and he's like... um. What made you think I'd be back? And she says. Because be- my dad promised me. Oh, that's so good. I know. And then. Well, well you're forgetting a scene, though. I'm forget- remember when she Remember when she figures out that, hey, wait, this isn't a ghost. That's my dad. And then she um she puts everything together. And the one scene I really like was when she's like, Eureka. Okay. I didn't okay. think that was pivotal considering but, all the stuff. We but I liked it. And then the last three minutes go downhill very quickly because she's like, oh, you you know, I have grandchildren and children. But instead of meeting them and getting to know your family and getting to be here with your daughter when she dies, why don't you go and hang out with that (laughs) one girl who you really only knew for a couple hours because you were in suspended animation on the way to Saturn. And then you went down to that planet together and start a new life with her on this planet, even though she has all the all the resources needed to start a colony. I never got that. I never got that. Yeah. It's like he barely knew this woman. He wasn't even attracted to this woman. He was trying to get home to his kids. Why would he Why would he want to live with her? I don't get that. For real, that took me out of the film. And that is, that is a stereotypical Hollywood ending. I don't get that. There's another thing in this film that I, I had trouble understanding. And I watched a couple of videos about it. And none of the, or about the movie in general. And none of them addressed mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. 
there's a scene where they're back on Earth before Murph gets the information to save everybody. Mm-hmm. Where she's hanging out with her nephew and... Her, her, her sister-in-law. And the brother. And the brother punches somebody. Yeah. And says that he doesn't want to, like, go underground. Yeah. So I'm not sure if the brother is a villain. I don't know either. But then he kind of rescues her at the end and takes her to help the scientists. Yeah, because there was, like, a fire going on. Yeah. And she's trying to get the um the wife and the son. Yeah. I thought the son died, though. I thought so, too. But then he's there. He, he, he doesn't I was confused die. about that. Yeah, because because I know that um, the grandpa dies, the mom dies, and I thought I heard him say, "Oh, we got um, grandpa died, and we buried him next to mom and Jesse." The that's what I thought too. Yeah, that's what I that's what I thought I heard too. Yeah. So it's not just like you were zoning out or anything. No, I d- I didn't understand that. I'm like, I thought he was dead. Yeah, but then he's alive when we see. Now it's possible. I don't think they Murph or the brother or sister-in-law say the name of the kid that they're with. So it's possible that they had another son. That's yeah. the only thing I can really think yeah, of. Yeah, because remember that scene when um, the little boy was coughing? Yes. And then um, Murph was like, hey, I have a friend that could help him with his lungs. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wait a minute. I thought he was. I thought he was dead. Yeah. The only thing that I can think about is that they had another kid. Maybe that's why, yeah. 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 I don't know how I feel. There's a lot I love about this movie, I, but the ending just really ruins it for me. It's it's hard to say. I think I would at least give it a strong seven. Yeah. Because there's a lot of questions I have for this too. This movie too. But there's so much there to like as well. I know. So it's kind of, we're kind of in the middle with this. I think Inception is a masterpiece in his it best film. It's so film. good. So good. I think Memento is Excellent. Maybe not as good as Inception, but that's a that's a high. Bar. It's up there. It's up there. But not. But Inception is like another a next level good. Insomnia is really good. Yes. Um. I we didn't watch this movie, but he also directed The Dark Knight. Mm, yeah. Oh, really? The um from uh from the Batman. Yeah. yeah, I heard that one's good. There's. There's stuff, it's kind of like Interstellar to me. There's a lot of good stuff there, but then there's some stuff to where I'm like, this is Hollywood stuff. Uh-huh. This is the financiers of the movie told him he had to put this in there. Oh. And that's how I felt about the ending, ending to Interstellar. I felt like one of the studio executives said, you've got to make this a love story, even though it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It gets a strong seven. Yeah. But if... There wasn't so much good stuff in the movie. The bad stuff would have really brought it down in my mind. Mm. It's saved by all the awesome stuff in the movie. But the ending really takes me out of it. Yeah. Yeah. The, I think they should have just let her go, to tell you the truth. They didn't They didn't even have to mention her. I know. Yeah. They didn't have to mention her. And they could have just said, hey, I want you to meet my grandkids. Yeah. I want you to meet my kids. And... This is who you didn't know um, because you were gone so long and I thought you were gone forever. It's so unbelievable uh, that he would just like leave her there and not want to know the grandkids or yeah, their kids. After they after they were talking, after he was talking about love, um, you know, having love for Murph. Throughout the entire Throughout the enti- movie. Enti- entire movie. I know, I, I know. It doesn't and he make never sense. even shows interest in Amelia in that way. Never. We don't no. see them kiss. We don't see them holding hands. Not even a little bit. No. Yeah. 
Not even a little bit. I mean, he was mad at her when all that stuff happened and their ship got flooded. And I believe, if I'm, I, I could be mis mistaken, but I believe she has the canisters that they were talking about to where they could repopulate other planets without him. Because remember, they were saying that early in the movie that they right. took canisters of DNA so they could do Oh, that. yeah, yeah, I remember that. So yeah. she doesn't even need him. It's, I know, I don't get that. It's yeah. like, what? why would you not to mention her because she's, probably okay you know, she, exactly she's probably all right where she is she could start another colony and she'll be fine on the other hand mm -hmm. it was super cool the way they did it i love the way that they just lost 23 years like it was nothing and then he has to deal with that i really like that murph has to go through this journey for so long of just thinking that her dad abandoned them I like the um, the back and forth where you see her in her old room yeah, and you see her in the new room because it gives you kind of like a contrast. Like this is her before, this is her after. Yep. And it was super cool at the beginning of the movie. They show interviews with this lady and I didn't know what the film was about going in. Yeah. And she's this old lady talking about, well, my dad was super special. And, and I was this. a farm and I liked um getting into farming at first base i'm thinking what are, what are we watching yeah and then there was another guy yeah. this old other old guy was that him uh tom i'm assuming that was the, yeah tom the brother yeah and i'm like oh wow halfway through the movie i'm like oh that's murph is an old lady yeah that's what i thought too but it took me a while to put that together yeah that's what i thought too and um um i thought oh this is interesting yeah um yeah and i'm like why are all these old people in the <laughs> what <clears throat> But now, um, but it really makes you, um, it, it's kind of cool how they play with time. Well, what does this film teach us about the loss of time and how it relates to our loved ones? Well, um, I guess, you know, not only is life precious, but time is precious too. Mm -hmm. It really makes you think about how much time you, as I've talked before about, um, living your life to the fullest, spending as much time with your family as you can because you don't know um, from one day to the next if you're going to lose them or not. Yeah. Um, time is so precious. It is. Yeah. Um, ending aside, or maybe we can't do that, but what does yeah. this movie teach us about love? Love conquers all. I mm. know it's a very trite saying but i think that um there's so much to say about love in this movie and yeah. how even though things are falling apart if you have if you don't have love for anyone you really don't have anything exactly and um uh yeah and that is why i love my you that's <laughs> why i love my wit. <laughs> As I pinch his nose. Yes. And he pinches mine. Yes. yes, yes. <laughs> um, this is this is such an interesting <clears throat> movie because we've already discussed why, because I love it animated, I think. You love it animated? Uh, no, I, I said I love I think I love you it. You love it and hate it. And hate it at the okay. same time. It's a love hate movie for I'm you. gonna I'm I'm gonna revisit this movie, but probably not for a while. Um Yeah. I think i would recommend it to some people uh -huh. but with a lot of caveats i'm right. i'm wondering would you recommend it to your family and if um, so how would you sell it to them it you know i think they would enjoy it i don't know that they would understand it yeah i think they would enjoy it i did enjoy it but i also 
was a little bit confused too. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't say that I that I don't think I should recommend it to anyone because there are some people in my family that probably would like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it just it has a lot of twists and turns in it. Yeah, and, and and some of them do really work well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Matt Damon, too, was a down point, not because of his acting again, but it felt like it was studio interference having to make him a bad guy. So he, Matt Damon would have something to do in the movie. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very good. Interstellar. See it, see it at your own list. It's a, it's, it's at, a, at your own risk. Yeah, it's a flawed <laughs> masterpiece might be a... Because there are films that are flawed masterpieces. I've said that about Pulp Fiction, yeah. even though I think that's a better movie than this. Right. Uh, but this this would probably fall under that ca- category. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yes. Very good. Very good, babes. Very good. Well, Jaywell, is yes. there anything else you want to talk about? Uh, not as far as this. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, give me a kiss. But uh, remember, we have another one to do. That's right. Yes. That's right. I have another one to do because I love my gym. Oh my goodness. All right, give me a kiss. Why? Because you need one. Rascal. <gasps> you rascal, you. You that's a That's a Louis Armstrong song. Thank you. You rascal, you. Thank you, thank you. All right, babes. Okay. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.